if you fell in love with a god, would you follow them down to the ends of the earth? The home is hungry and the flesh is weak. With dos after you, right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hello and welcome to Radio Drama Revival the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez-Collins. Today, experience the first episodes of the fiction podcast Dos After You in our showcase. Next week, return to join us for the creator interview with David Orion Pena. Deck knew who he was before he met Seal, a killer and yet a cog in the capitalist machine that keeps us focused on what we lack in our personal lives so that we don't pay attention to the travesties around us. Political corruption, climate change, violence against marginalized people. He has held people's lives in the palm of his hand. He's an artist, a planner, a deceiver. But now he's improvising rushing out from quarantine on a road trip behind the inhuman god he seems to have fallen in love with, and on a journey to stop deceiving himself. Dos After You is an exploration of dark, gritty morality and the journey to making choices and taking actions towards becoming a better, kinder person when the world has shown you its ugly face and society's predilection towards hate. In these first few episodes, Deck indulges in his philosophical and experiential monologues, addressing Seal as if Seal were next to him and his bike. He engages in exploring his inner self and past traumas until he begins to interact with other people, breaking out of the shell he has constructed for himself. We'll be airing the first five episodes in English. These episodes are also available on the Dos podcast feed in Spanish. The link is in our episode description. Please be aware that the following episodes variably contain discussions of murder, including dismemberment and drowning, transphobia, violent behavior, and existential dread. First, we meet Deck in episode one, Scam. After you, Everything changed after you. Five months and three days here, and I choose today to hit the record button. I'm leaving today. Finally. There's so much I want to tell you, Seal. There are cars outside. Cars. 
I didn't miss those big metal caskets, you know. I never saw the appeal of a machine that can get you killed so easily. Yes, you can run over someone and murder them, but with the street cameras and license plates, it's meant to be a messy job. No thanks. And yes, before you ask yourself, I can drive and I have a license. But I'd rather threaten someone to drive me around before sitting behind a steering wheel. My bike's waiting for me outside. I have everything I need. I'm living today. I'm living today. But I could lose the time and tell you more about me. After all, you have only seen me at my worst and my best. But no in-between, no real dick. I've always believed that all those romantic stories where you just made that special someone and the world just changes are just another capitalist scam. Have everyone busy looking for the other half, their soulmate or whatever you want to call it and no one will pay attention to what's important. Things like the governments, the climate change, uh, the bodies floating in the canals at 3am. The worst part is that it works. It truly works. But no. What's worse is that now I'm one of them, Seal. I'm in the scam now. But our story is not one meant for Facebook walls or Twitter threads or big budget Yankee Hollywood movies. In fact, <laughs> if we were to be a movie, it'd be French. You know, slow, not much dialogue, lots of intense staring. And in a movie, this will be the first scene. But no one in their right mind would start a movie with the confession I have for you. I wished I never met you. I used to be someone before knowing you. And now, now I'm just picking up the pieces. Maybe I can figure myself out in this trip. You know, that's what road trips are for, aren't they? And I can understand who I am without talking about you, Seal. This way, when I find you, you'll have records of all the times I thought of you. Isn't that romantic? <laughs> ah, Seal. I can't wait to kill you. We're on our way to find Seal, and Dak explains the machinations of his conscience. In episode two, Gray. The last time I saw you, you were riding on the most pathetic bike I've ever seen. I stood there on the rooftop, thinking about how it'd be to see you again in London in two weeks. But after the photographs, the kisses, and the silence inside your cage, I lost count of the nights I lied awake wondering if it had all been real. If you even had a body. If, if it had been nothing but a delicate illusion my mind had created. It wouldn't be the first time that reality's edges went blurry after a kill. I had my revenge, you know. And the world didn't matter anymore. We were square. But I guess there's nothing more millennial than living through another war crisis. Five months 
inside my childhood memories, with a stained carpet as a constant reminder of the price one must pay to make your dreams come true. You know, Seal, it's really easy to kill someone. Is murder a better word? Murder goes farther than killing. Killing is the act itself, the relief one feels in their stomach and tongue when there is no more force, no more energy but a brain that slowly shuts down, or a heart that has no blood left to pump. But murder, murder requires planning. It's a composition. It needs a tempo, an arc, a history. The problem with murder is that it leaves a to-do list. Bleach, stains, decay, bone splinters, one main hell if not careful. Don't get me wrong, I would have done a worse job if it hadn't been for the isolation. It took me the first month just to check if all the neighbors that used to know me still lived here. <laughs> you know I was able to deceive Mefra Officer to her face? She had been my babysitter for years. Yet. With the face mask and my actual voice, I pretended I was a distant Spanish relative. Bless mom for that. If it had been up to him, I never would have learned Spanish. Murder is like lying. If you have to improvise, chances are you're gonna end up cleaning a big mess. I like to say there's no room for improvisation when it comes to you, but we both know I'll be lying. I spent weeks soundproofing the attic, cleaning and rearranging electric saws and then dozens of hours cutting down bones, cleaning dried blood and pulling apart half-frozen muscles. And all I will have left was a memory of you. I will go outside on the roof with my legs kicking in the air and a book I never read on my thighs trying to summon you again. Five months, five months of waiting. Yeah, sure, the borders have been open since June, but I couldn't make any stupid moves. Better to wait a little, I thought, and I'm sure by now people have relaxed just enough. First stop, Brussels. I know the chances of you being in the UK are low, but it's the only starting point you've given me. I used to come here to run, years ago. I always liked this small part of Amsterdam, this long, vast road, where every day I will find different ships, yet the same faces. No matter the weather, I will run every day before dinner. I liked to run until I got a stitch, until my lungs couldn't take it anymore and my mouth tasted like iron. It was a small reminder that I was alive that I carried on. Lethargy doesn't work for me, Seal. No. No, it didn't work for me then. Before you. You have liked me. Dressed in grey sport clothes, under a grey sky, and with a grey heart. Just like you. I don't like this, Seal. The... improvising. You're watching me. You must be watching me. Why haven't you said anything? Do you even... 
The teams at Dos After You and at Radio Drama Revival would like to ask you to consider donating to Apoyo Positivo, a mainly Madrid-based community resource program designed in 1993 to support people living with HIV. They provide sexual and mental health resources and education, as well as supporting, educating on, and preventing the infringement of reproductive and sexual rights. You can donate at apoyopositivo.org slash colabora slash asdonativo. The link is in our episode description. Now, let's return to Deck and his existential crisis at an Amsterdam bus station in episode three, Patterns. After you. We like labels, categories, to make life easier. We need patterns to make sense of an otherwise chaotic world that festers upon us. The world is less uncanny when it has colorful tags that describe what's behind us, what can lie ahead. Life was messy when I didn't have the right words, you know. But I could see myself how I was supposed to be. How I truly am. I have always been like this. I just got tired of hiding. You can relate to that, can you? Sometimes I wonder what labels you carry. What kind of fire you leave behind. If I will ever see the scorched earth that stays once you're done. I have my labels and some are useful. European, half Spanish, half Dutch, transgender, trilingual, delinquent, murderer, bisexual. Is there one for hating tea? Probably someone coined it on the internet. The thing is, there weren't any labels for you, not even to categorize your skin, your eye color, your height, or your voice. I remember every sensation, the taste of your sweat, the flesh of your thighs, and how full your lips were. You were soft, but I am all edges. Well, now I think of it, I have one for you. God. You must hate that one. Seal the God. How can you hate it? If I were you, I walk this earth like I own it, because that's the truth seal, you own us. You have a power that no one has. Is that? Are you, are you scared? Because if that's what this is, if that's your reason, 
I don't know what I'm going to do when I see you. Well, I do. And I'll be right to do it. I have another one for you. Heartless. For real, you know. No heartbeat inside you to match my own. No ticking bomb that will die when I squeeze your vocal cords. I always end up digressing about this stuff when I'm at the bus station. Tess used to say that's because I'm a liminal space made flesh. Does that make me a manic pixie dream boy? Maybe I exist in the in-between, you know, and I've become a bus after so many rides. When she first said this to me, I used my job as an excuse. That I had assignments all over Europe. That I couldn't grow fond of a city, a neighborhood or a street. Because if I show up there long enough, people would recognize me. And it'd be hard to be traceless. I know Tess was right. But I'm not gonna tell her that. <laughs> she thinks I don't miss simpler times. Back when we were living in ADM and... All I did was sell overpriced pills to college students. Chaos back then was different. I didn't have many labels, but life was more orderly. Neat. It's easier when you work behind a screen and you don't have to move in and out every two or three weeks. Well, it's not like I have a job anymore. Since that night, word got around that I was dead. <laughs> Can a liminal space believe in something? Can it even die? Maybe I've become invincible since you seal. Maybe even immortal. Nah. I'm pretty sure I still believe if God. But it'd be nice to believe in something for a change. To give this chaos in for something greater, something more spiritual. You're a god. If I pray to you, would you like it? Is that what I need to do to see you again? It wouldn't be the first time that I'm on my knees for the interest. Jack's exhaustion begins to seep through his defenses in episode 4, Fear. Those after you. Mom disappeared two days after my birthday. I was only ten, and we didn't know where she could be. She didn't even leave a note. A suitcase and half her wardrobe were missing, but 
For some reason, she had left all her shoes behind. That was the first day I ever felt scared. The second one was a surprise. I was going out with my friend Sunny, you know, to grab some ice cream when he called me from the living room. The only light on was the TVs and I could see my reflection in the green beer bottle he was holding. It was somehow sacred. I could see my face in his, the high cheeks with years carved into rough skin, eye bags as deep and violet as the bruises I had in my knees and thighs. His voice was coarse and low, usually, but then he yelled, How the hell are you going off like that? Dressed like a bloody girl for once. I allowed it all because I had the answer close to the tip of my tongue and fear tasted sweet. Like like the cinnamon aftertaste of a good apple pie. <laughs> I changed clothes because I already knew the sound a bottle makes when it breaks. And all I cared about was the ice cream. The third time I had honey on my lips, a broken eyebrow, and a duffel bag on the floor next to the main door. There were mud stains on the blue carpet and I had to stole my bike. <laughs> there was no green inside, but his eyes looked red under the sun that was slowly leaving. I talked for 50 minutes, hardly breathing with a hand inside my pocket just where I kept a knife my ex-girlfriend had given me. When he stood up, I saw him the blade and the TV's color sun upon it, filling the space between our bodies. I was no longer his. I wanted to ask about the shoes, but I was afraid of being right of just losing it if he spoke out loud. <sighs> that night was the first of many I'd spent on other people's sofas. The fourth time I was afraid was in that very same old house, 12 years after, well, last February. The reason was, yes, it was different, but some of mom's books had crashed onto the floor, open wide, and the whole house was trembling. I forgot how to breathe as I wondered how I was supposed to clean the blood stains out of those old yellowy pages. There's something in the past here. I can see it translucent like like it's glitching it's not the first one I've seen but it, it doesn't feel like what I saw at the station in Slaughterdake Seal what have you done
Finally, Deck opens up about his past, about the thrill of the kill. In episode 5, Tourists. Those after you. phone's clock is broken. I mean, how is it even possible? It's frozen. It was alright this morning. The rest of the apps are working just fine, so... It's still recording. Good. You know what I need right now, Seal. Fred just met Corey's house. Some places are still shut down. I heard they had a lot of bad cases here. But I'll kill right now for some fries with curry ketchup. <laughs> Belgians keep saying the fries are theirs. Like someone could own the way a potato is fried. Declaring the rest of the Knicks a heresy. But they already have the Waffles Empire. People visit the Netherlands for fries. You only come to Brussels if you're someone in the EU. Or you want to be disappointed at the mannequin piece. <laughs> there aren't many tourists. I miss them. Back home, the hostel a few blocks away used to be full of them. Twenty-somethings looking for some weed. Fun at the beach in Blumendal. Usually with a terrible taste in music and tobacco brands. Sitting ducks. You had to pick the ones with lonely eyes. Carrying duffel bags and a craving for fries. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious about the fries. You know, the first time that I killed somebody just bought me some fries. But... They had run out of curry ketchup. <laughs> I think I ordered salsa brava, but none tasted like mom's. But um, yeah, his name was Bram. He was one of Tess' exes, and he just came to bother us one night. We were just throwing some stones not far from the eye. Margot and Dylan ran as soon as they saw he was carrying a blade. It was sort of a cheap flea-market machete. I don't even know how he'll hidden on himself. <laughs> but well, they ran away, calling the police. Like they will have or anything. They didn't leave at ADM, you see. There were rich kids from the city center that wanted to taste the hippie life they thought we had. So there we were. Bram, Tess and I. Surrounded by the half-built buildings and water that at night didn't look greenish, but black. 
It comforted me infinitely. The dark waves, the rustle of the boats crossing by. It must have been September because I remember distant music. The kind they have for Erasmus parties that were so easy to sneak in. And always a good deal for some quick cash. Bram was tall, but all of them are. All of them are tall and have dimples when they hold a cheap machete. I can't remember how I took it from him, but I still can feel the cold water around my hands. Test it and scream. And I realized then we would always be friends. I also realized that it is easier to drum someone when you've cut their throat beforehand. And that even on a moonless night, you can see how blood dilutes and travels through salt and waves. You can see wheat be dyed red. He trashed around until his last breath, and it took so long. Tess texted Margot and we were left alone as we piled up some bricks, before breaking the wood planks that served as dikes, keeping the sand of the artificial island away from the water. But four. A mindless drunk. Tess learned to have better taste. It's hard to believe in these times, don't you think? To believe in her, to believe in you. A part of me wants to. But I only have this blood and a broken watch. <laughs> I don't feel like a hostel tonight. There's always a pervert waiting at a pub, ready to buy you a few runs before inviting you over to his place, where you can open him up nicely. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Fritland. Finally. Hi. I'm David Orion Pena, writer and producer of Dos After You and The Voice of Tech. This is an independent podcast. If you want to be part of our community and support it, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash You. Another great and zero-cost way of supporting it is to subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and spread the word and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening, and remember... Record yourself. Seal may be listening. If you liked what you heard, you can support Dos After You at ko-fi.com slash dosafteryou. You can follow them for updates on Twitter at dosafteryou. That's D-O-S-A-F-T-E-R-Y-O-U. Radio Drama Revival runs on Victorian fog tea from Harley and Sons and a dash of cream, and the pennies left over from our tea obsession. If you'd like to help keep us afloat and featuring new, diverse, unique fiction podcasts and their creators, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. And now we bring you our moment of Fred. Surprise. <laughs> Anne's on vacation. Happy vacation, Anne. Hi, this is Fred, and we have Nyana. Hi. And Shanwen. Hi. So what happened last night? We went in a fire taco 
magic marshmallow night with your neighbors. That sounds fun. Did anything fun happen to you last night, Chandwin? Mm-hmm. We played with glow sticks and we dressed up as fairies. What else do we do around the fire? We told stories. A story about some animals who made it try to make a band. Oh my goodness. And what do you kids do? Did we you make particip- sound effects. Can you give me a sound effect that you did? Dun, 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 dun. Bye. Bye. That means it's time for the credits. This episode was recorded in the unceded territory of the Kalapuya people, the Klitskani Indian tribe, the Cowlitz Indian tribe, and the Atfalati tribe. Colonizers named this place Beaverton, Oregon. If you are looking for ways to support or donate to Native communities, the Quileute are fundraising to move their at-risk community to higher ground and out of the tsunami zone so that their culture and heritage can thrive for generations to come. Their first objective is to move the Quileute Tribal School, which is currently located right next to the beach, endangering the lives of the children and the future of the Quileute Tribe. You can learn more and donate at mthg.org. The link is in the episode description. Our theme music is Reunion of the Space Ducks by the band Kylo Kaz. You can find their music on Free Music Archive. Our audio producer is Will Williams. Our marketing manager and line producer is Ann Baird. Our researcher is Heather Cohen. Our submissions editor is Rashika Rao. Our associate marketing manager is Jillian Schrager. Our transcriptionist is Katie Yeomans. Our audio consultant is Eli Hamada McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our executive producers are Fred Greenhalgh and David Reinstrom. Our mascot is Ticker Tape, the goat. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez-Collins. This has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers, welcome. Welcome.